0: Welcome to the Art of Appointment Setting Podcast, where we ask today's most successful experts and entrepreneurs to share the most powerful lead generation and appointment setting tactics they use to build their business and grow their revenues. Now your host from the city that never sleeps, New York.
1: Is Quessy Sachi Jinnah. All right, everyone, thanks so much for joining the conversation. This is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah, and my guest today is George Ittianhane. Uh George is a principal and lead executive recruiter at the Coffee Group. Uh, that's his company, and it's actually a recruiting firm that places professionals on a direct hire basis in, in the Houston IT space. Uh, George spent three to four years learning the executive search and recruiting business at, at top firms. And uh, particularly, he got a lot of, you know, cues and mentorship from uh, one of the leaders who run a marketing and consulting business as well. And George then moved on to Bootstrap his own firm last year uh, with a 90% remote work model. And uh, it's currently on track to hit in half a million dollars in revenue through his second year, halfway through his second year, which I believe is super, super impressive. Right. Before we start our conversation, I want to take a moment to acknowledge one of our partners for today's episode, AGM. AGM AGM. is a B2B agency that helps you scale your business using LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn training, LinkedIn lead generation, LinkedIn recruiting, LinkedIn advertising services, and so much more. The company has been featured on the BBC, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, and so many others. Right now, AGM is offering all of our listeners a free LinkedIn audit. Just go to abrahamglobal.com. That is abrahamglobal.com to reserve your session right now. Uh, so George, thanks so much for uh, for joining the conversation today. Absolutely, Christy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's been fun. We we had to reconnect uh, definitely when I was in Texas recently, and I've I've always been fascinated about uh, your your commitment to the idea of relationships and your craft as an executive recruiter. And um, I, I want us to delve into that in in a minute. But before we do that, uh, you know, I have a lot of conversations with uh, agency owners. And, and some of the common thread I find in the founder stories is you know, it takes time to scale the business, um, especially from a revenue side. So I'm, I'm curious to know how did you manage to generate revenue so quickly in less than three years? <laughs> well, what's, what's your top reason?
0: Well, I, I think the, the number one reason is uh, the fact that I am not afraid to get in there and produce, right? I come from a sales background. Um, so when I initially started the company, i didn't really i didn 't really have a clear vision, right I know a lot of people have these these grandiose ideas and they 've got everything laid out i didn't I just knew uh, the end goal I wanted to achieve and uh, initially, I thought it was just going to be me so that 's how I approach the business uh, if it's going to succeed it's up to me and mm. uh, I've carried that thought process through today but Obviously, we've got a lot more help now. So, I think it's a big factor uh, from a leadership standpoint. I get in there, I'm in the weeds, I'm running a full desk, I'm doing sales, I'm recruiting, and doing all the back office operations. So, when you've got someone in there that's the driving force, it uh, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Fascinating!
1: I love it. I want us to talk even more about relationships and how it—you know—you use that as a tool in building the business. Because I know you spend a lot of time in, in the recruiting space. Um, what
0: is what is the most
1: significant thing recruiting taught you about
0: relationships? Yeah. Yeah. Well, recruiting, like you said, is all about relationships. You know, if you look at what we're doing on a daily basis, that's, that's pretty much it. (laughs) We're doing a little bit of admin work here and there, maybe about 10% of the time, but 90% of it is building relationships with potential hiring managers and potential candidates, individuals who we can place. So I've learned that positive and constructive relationships are more important than money or capital education or any other credentials like that because you can there's tremendous value you're going to get from knowing the right people and uh and building those positive connections how how do you mean by positive and constructive relationships yeah so i mean uh, situations where there's potential for mutual value Right. Um, And I've learned to never turn down an introductory call or coffee meeting because those are those are great opportunities to either learn something new, expand my business network or add value to someone who needs my help. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by positive is is really um, as a recruiter, I get approached by a lot of people who are looking for jobs, looking for introductions to certain companies. And at the same time, I get approached by companies that are looking to hire. So both of those are great opportunities to add value. And it's not always um, it's not always very obvious in the beginning, right? A lot mm. of people don't walk up to you and say, um, "Hey, George, I've got five jobs I want you to fill," right? So it's uh, opportunities are, are sometimes pretty obscure, but it's important to keep an open mind so you can have access to those down the line. I always remember what uh, Napoleon Hill says in uh, Think and Grow Rich. I don't know if you've had the chance to pick that up, but mm-hmm. he talks about the law of compensation, right? So your, your compensation's always going to catch up to the amount of value that you put out. So if you worry less about how much money you're making and worry more about the value that you're adding to people, the money's going to catch up.
1: Mm. I love it. I love it. A lot of compensation. And it's it's interesting, I, you made a really good point about the mutual value part. And I want us to unpack on value a little bit, because uh, it, it, it sounds sometimes like a vague term that people use all the time. And I know you take, you know, you're open to taking coffee meetings and so on. Now, after the meeting, after you have conversations, after you have the first connect with people, um, how do you how do you continue to add value to to the relationships to to be the person who gives first and to nurture the relationship uh, to a point that you know eventually you can mutually benefit from it?
0: yeah, yeah, and I think you know when when building when building those relationships it's important to be natural right You don't mm-hmm. want to be weird, you don't want to be very robotic and set up all these follow up times. Um, because people can sense when you're you're being fake um, mm. when I meet people I 'm just myself you know I open myself up and uh, make myself available um, so I ask people you know uh, uh, what are what your what is your ideal client look like right what is your ideal prospect look like um, what does your ideal candidate look like if you're looking to hire from um, connecting with someone on LinkedIn my first message is is letting them know that I'm open for facilitating any introductions on their behalf. So if they need an intro to a potential hiring manager, an intro to someone in my network, just reach out. I'd be happy to do so. So that's where it usually starts, just opening up the door. Um, And then I'll probably touch base with, with, uh, with that person maybe once a quarter just to keep in touch. Um, or even more frequently if if it gets there but i am not too uh too mechanical in that i just kind of uh, go with the flow and that's that's something important with uh, actually we watched a
1: uh i'm not sure if you've seen the google duplex uh ai platform uh, this week it was launched and um <laughs> the platform actually makes a call on your behalf to to, to uh, book your barbershop appointment and a lot of different <laughs> that <it> can <laughs> and uh, yeah people are you know super scared you know sales is going to go away but i think it's not it's just a way that it's going to add value and it so it speaks to the point that um, you, there's so much automation and, and AI stuff, but you still don't have to lose the value when it comes to being personal and human.
0: Right, right. Automation's great. AI's great. Machine learning is, is fantastic. But I, I think um, it's a bit short-sighted to think that it's ever going to fully replace the the interpersonal contact or the human touch, right? It's a great mm. tool when you combine it with the human touch, but... Um, you don't want to replace it, right? So, my barber, I'd rather just shoot him a text message. <laughs> you know, I want to have that one on one connection.
1: Right, right. One of the one of the fascinating books that I've read in the past, um, Never Eat Alone." I think it's Keith Ferrazzi. I'm not sure if you've read that book, um, but one of the ways that he he used to build his relationship was um, throwing you know high powered closed you know meeting groups or parties, for example, and then he would invite people so they can meet up each, each person. And by the way, you know, by so doing, it, they expand their own relationships and so on. Do
0: you have any kind of a secret in your toolbox that, that you kind of use for that? And you know what's interesting? Uh, the idea of, of never eat alone actually uh-huh. sounds very, very uncomfortable to me. Um, and and really? every, yeah, every because, you know, this goes back to being real, right? Mm-hmm. Every personality test I've taken, um, every insights or strengths finder test I've taken tells me that I'm actually an extreme introvert. I'm like way on the deep end when it comes to introversion. I have no I wouldn't know that. that. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know that, right? Because it's 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 something I've developed over time. But you know, I think it's important to um, take some time and reflect and think and do some recall on the people that you've connected with in the past and see how you can help those people instead of always trying to have this conveyor belt of new people that you're meeting. I think people rush too much and they're they're so focused on the quantity mm-hmm. of the relationships and less on the quality. So I like to take a step back and really develop fewer but deeper relationships. I love it. Quality always wins over over quantity. I want I want to preach you on the
1: spot. So let's assume that um, you know somebody's listening, they've moved to a new city or They just switch jobs to a new industry that they have zero idea about, no contacts. They just, well, maybe they just started a new business. Um, How
0: would you, how would you encourage them to build their professional relationships from scratch? Yeah, well, when you move to a new city, that's tough, right? It's going to be an uphill battle no matter which way you look at it. There's no silver bullet. There's no easy way to get it done. Um, You can do the typical stuff like look for meetups networking events, chambers of commerce. Um, One way that's really effective is before you even move, use LinkedIn to start facilitating introductions through your existing network and schedule some coffee meetings or some conversations to some of the industry leaders in that city if they're open to it. Um, So it it starts even before you move to that city. And then once you get there, it's going to take time. You know, you don't want to rush and uh And rushing is actually a great way to burn relationships <laughs> good mm-hmm. Good relationships are really tough to build, mm-hmm. but very, very easy to damage so I, I always think twice before firing off an email or uh maybe over communicating with someone who I just met mm-hmm. um, and and always try to put other people first you know um so look for some people in that new city that you can add value to offer your offer your help, and eventually it'll come back to you. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I moved to New York, uh, that was one of the ways that
1: I use actually Mark. Uh, he's the founder of Enterprise Price Heels Forum. Uh, so I just shot him an email, hey, is there anyone I can help? I ended up volunteering with, I think, one of the first meetings. And it has been a really great resource in terms of you know, expanding my network and so on. So totally, uh, I think totally, that's,
0: uh, that's a very solid, solid way to start. Yeah, we just hired. In fact, a great example is we just hired um, two two full desk recruiters. Um, one in Dallas and one in Austin. And the individual in Austin moved from New Hampshire. I think his wife wife got a job at a major retailer in Austin, so they moved. They're completely new not just to Austin, but just new to the South in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been encouraging him to do those coffee meetings, get out there, meet with people. And you know I think salespeople get so narrow-minded when it comes to building relationships because they only focus on decision-makers, right? Mm -hmm. How can I get that meeting with the CEO or the CFO or the CTO or director-level individuals, but they miss out on all the individual contributors, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or the lower-level people? "Quote unquote," um, that can actually help them a whole lot more than those hiring managers, um, because those C level, those director level people, they're getting chased left and right. So when you reach out to them and want to schedule a coffee, they can smell what you're trying to do a mile away. They know mm-hmm. you're trying to pitch them something, right? Mm-hmm. But if you try to schedule a coffee meeting with, you know, um, an engineer or an analyst or someone who's maybe more entry or mid level they're a lot more receptive to that and it's actually a huge compliment right. whereas if you're chasing sea level all the time um, you're just going to be you're just going to be noise it's very easy for you to fall into their their list of other potential vendors. Right. And I think it's, I mean, from a sales point of view, it's really difficult because uh,
1: people are really pressured by quarters and you have to get that conversation or close that deal in this quarter. So there's a lot of pressure around that and people become very superficial
0: in, yeah. in, the, in their relationships. So I agree. That's actually one of the reasons why, that's, that was actually one of my motivations for starting Kofi Group and and that is building a company that's less focused on KPIs and immediate revenue and more focused on relationships and long-term business. So I think those KPIs actually do more damage than good because like you said you get a lot of people focusing on superficial things, the number of meetings versus the quality of meetings and mm-hmm. and uh yeah, you may close some deals up front, but you're not going to really build uh, a scalable business. Fascinating. I love this. I love this. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um,
1: let's say you've, you know, you've connected with someone, you've nurtured a relationship over time, um, and you've done so in a very personable, value-adding way. Um, at some point, you might want to ask for help. <laughs> Yeah, right. So my question to you is, how do you how do you do that? How do you do that so that it doesn't look like you know, you're know trying to just uh, be a pest or just take advantage of a relationship?
0: Sure, sure. And I, I think that part is more about how you ask versus uh, mm-hmm. when you ask, because I found that successful people. Are always interested in sharing what they know and helping other people because they know they know that that law of compensation, right? Uh-huh. They know those principles. They know that at some point they're going to need something from you as well, so it's in their best interest to help you. Um, and it's an ego booster, right? Everyone feel everyone wants to feel good knowing that uh, that people need them, right? So I think as long as you ask people um, in such a way that you are. Uh, you know frame frame it as a compliment mm-hmm. right so let's say I needed some sales tips from you i 'd say hey quissy I know you know I've been following your posts on LinkedIn you seem like an industry leader in the space Would you be willing to help me with such and such mm. or could you spare two two minutes of your time to do this so i I think if you approach people like that you'll you'll usually get a positive response. And, uh, and be prepared for negative responses as well, right? <laughs> so not everyone knows that, that uh, not, re- not everyone's open to share. Right. I would think most people are, but if they're not, uh, being in sales, you should be very comfortable with hearing no as well. Wow, that's, that's so, so true. That's How true. true. How did an introvert I'm end up in sales? I
1: know I'm just yeah. getting off script here, but I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And, and I never, you know, to clarify, I never thought of myself as an introvert. Um, but uh, what, what I like about sales is that I get to control the outcome. I'm a, I'm a control freak, right? I like controlling the outcomes. I want to be, um, be able to determine my own destiny. And sales is, in my opinion, the best way to do that because you get very tangible results and you're really able to measure what's working and what's not working, right? It's not as, it's very concrete. So when something works, I do more of that. When it doesn't work, I ask why and adjust. This is so good. It's so good. Um, so
1: George, where can people learn more about you, your work, um, connect with you, grab
0: coffee with you when they're probably in Texas or Houston? Yeah, LinkedIn is great. I think LinkedIn's probably my, my preferred uh, medium. And, uh, and it's great because you can see you know what, what individuals we have in common or which, which people we know. Um, I can get an idea of your background. You can mm-hmm. learn more about what I've done. Um, so that's great. Or you can, you can reach out to me via our website, um, ko groupcom um, So both of those are good ways. And like I said initially, I'm, I'm always open to connecting with new people um, as long as it makes sense. Awesome. Thanks so much, George. Yep. Thanks, Kwesi. Thank you for listening to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast with Kwesi Sachi Jinai. Find out more about how to get high-value appointments at catalyze.io. And while you're there, check out the free resources for appointment setting and be listening for the next episode of the Art of Appointment Setting Podcast.